I see formative assessment as supporting teachers and students to understand where a student is in the learning process and what needs to happen to help students take their learning to the next level. I think the way I like to think about it for teachers and kids is, am I learning? How do I know? And for teachers, are my students learning and how do I know? You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast. Where we unpack what's new and innovative in education. Recently, Tom and Mary were with teachers and administrators from the Austin, Dallas, and Tulsa school districts talking about formative assessment. These districts are part of a Michael and Susan Dell Foundation-sponsored initiative called How I Know, Designing Meaningful Formative Assessment Practice. This is a multi-year project that will support teachers as they develop and implement formative assessment practices in the classroom and then share out the lessons learned. In this podcast, we ask educators two main questions. What is formative assessment and what are your hopes for the project? Today, you'll hear from about half a dozen project participants on each topic, including from Michael and Susan Dell Foundation's project lead, Cheryl Niehaus. Let's dive in as Tom and Cheryl lay the groundwork for the first question of what is formative assessment? So Cheryl, what, what is formative assessment and why, why is it important now? I see formative assessment as supporting teachers and students to understand where a student is in the learning process and what needs to happen to help students take their learning to the next level. And so the practices and supports that are a part of formative assessment uh, help clarify what that process can look like and help teachers and students do things together, like set learning targets, like figure out what the right evidence is going to be and how to analyze that evidence together. Uh, Teachers then are in a better position to think about what the next moment's instruction looks like, what the next day's instruction looks like, and, and, and even really out over to the next you know, weeks, months, and years. From a student's perspective, it really sets that student up to understand what they need to do next, whether that is in classroom, whether that's out of classroom. And I, and I think really at the end of the day, formative assessment leads to more empowered teachers and more empowered students and better relationships between them. It really can create student agency, right? By helping students understand what they know and what's next, Yes. right? And so they can really begin to co-construct the journey with teachers. I absolutely agree. I, I think that student agency is about that idea of ownership. Um, I, I think that we talk about agency in lots of different ways, right. and there are some justifiable concerns about student agency, meaning that students entirely on their own figure out what they're going to learn. But I think in the in the context of formative assessment, there are still guardrails from the teachers around what learning progressions look like mm-hmm. and what standards are and how this process unfolds. But what, but you're activating a student's sense of agency over what they need to do. Now we'll hear from Mary Ryersey. Getting Smart's Director of Advisory regarding a working definition of formative assessment, followed by Danielle Neves, who is the Tulsa Public Schools Executive Director of Teaching and Learning. Then we'll hear from Dallas Teacher Residency co-founders, Rob DeHaas and Elizabeth Castile. So how how do you think about formative and what what kind of definitions are we uh, drawing upon? So the good thing is the chief school officers actually just released a an updated definition of formative assessment. So we'll really use that as an anchor and I can bring that to life a little bit here. Formative assessment is a planned ongoing process used by all students and teachers during learning and teaching 
in order to elicit and use evidence of student learning to advance learning. That's sort of a mouthful. And at the that's, same time... So this is different than... I think a lot of people would have thought of formative as that big benchmark assessment. You know, you stop the school year and you do a, a big test to see how kids are doing. But this sounds a lot more fluid, a lot more real time. This is daily. This is daily. And so even as we talked about with the, the name, how I know, students want to know every day, how are they doing? What do they need to do to get better? Teachers want to be able to answer that question for all the students in their class. And so it is, it's planned, it's ongoing. And I think the other thing that's key, that's very different than some of like what you're talking about in terms of an interim assessment or how do we get a sense of where all kids are, is it's, there's a process of eliciting that evidence and then it's used for a purpose. It's not just to say, okay, I know where they are, but it's actually to guide the next steps of that student. So it's a really a key component as we talk about personalizing learning. It's really almost impossible to personalize learning without understanding um, where students are on any given day. It sounds like formative assessment is really a mixture of strategies, both formal and informal. Absolutely. And some of them will involve subtleties of language and how to ask students questions to, to move them forward. It's not necessarily just a, um, you know, you might even think of a quiz or an partway through a unit or an exit slip of how did students do. Those aren't necessarily bad, but that's the spirit of this is that there's a role of the teacher, there's a role for the student, and that they're working in tandem. And there's a role for um, inputs and data that might come through technology or through other resources, but with all of it with the intent of understanding where kids are and where they need to be and closing that gap on any given day, um, let alone over the course of time. Uh, Danielle, um, how do you think about formative assessment? Formative assessment is a really key part of teaching and learning and what happens in the classroom every single day. It's how teachers know minute by minute throughout the time that they're with their students, what students know and understand, what they can do, and sort of where to go next. It's the process of um, understanding where students get stuck, understanding the strengths that they're bringing into the work, and then giving them guiding feedback so that they can really begin to push forward to the next level of their mastery. It sounds like it's a combination of strategies then. Uh, definitely. I mean, it's definitely a repertoire of strategies that teacher brings into the classroom, but it's really about being intentional and practiced and saying, okay, I know where our students need to go. Right? I know where they need to go by the end of the year, by the end of this unit, by the end of this lesson. I also understand really what's in the content that the students are grappling with and working with. And so I've really charted out a path for students to really say, we're walking through these really intentional steps to get me to mastery. Students are aware of where they are. I'm aware of where they are. We're constantly having conversations and they're having conversations with one another as they really you know, plot out their route towards the end goal. Is it primarily about reading, writing, and problem solving, or is it broader than that? I think it can be broader than that. I think that often we see evidence of student learning in their writing, in their discourse, in their problem solving. And I think that students apply the metacognition and the strategies of taking ownership for their own learning, figuring out what their next step is, getting feedback from others across the curriculum and across a wide range of content areas or problems that they may face. Elizabeth, what is formative assessment to you? To me, that during the day, every day, all day, teachers are able to see the work that the students are doing in order to affect their instruction, but like in the moment. So as opposed to like interim assessments or other ways of defining formative assessment or summative assessment, it's really like that moment-to-moment -moment work that happens in the classroom. And assessment, meaning you're always seeing what the students are doing in order to 
get that information back and change your practice as needed. So, Rob, that sounds like it's a variety of strategies all in concert. I think that's right. I think that formative assessment in a, in a nutshell is really focusing on capturing the now and really working with students and having teachers work with students so that students understand that the learning cycle is a process. So uh, students can be involved in formative assessment, like assessing their own learning and peer learning? Oh, I think if students have to be involved, if students aren't involved, I would say if students aren't actively involved, then we're joking ourselves if we're calling it formative assessment. I think the way I like to think about it for teachers and kids is, am I learning? How do I know? And for teachers, are my students learning? And how do I know? Next, we'll hear again from Nancy from Wested, teacher Stephanie Peppers from Tulsa, and the added voice of Tracy Nahetta from Education First. In this work, we really want teachers to understand that formative assessment is a process. It's part of an instructional process that's used every single day, and that the purpose of that process is to help students really think about what they're learning, how they're going to demonstrate their learning, and what it will look like when they're successful. And the process of doing that, which involves rethinking what we think about as learning goals, so instead of having great big unit goals, we have daily learning goals for kids, rethinking how we think about making instruction public and allowing for many different mechanisms for active discourse, dialogue, conversation in the classroom, that's where teachers get the evidence to really act in the moment to move, to help every student move forward. I think... The students all knowing where they are is a big part of it, especially in primary, because um, so many times the teacher is keeping that grade or that score or whatever. And I just try to be very open with my students and like bring them in as part of the process. And I try to instill like this family sort of culture. So we're all working together. We're not afraid to fail. We help each other. And I think bringing the kids in on that early on allows for those little moments to happen where the feedback can happen or the peer review can happen and we can all just work together. What what kind of tools and strategies does formative assessment include? I'm one-to-one in my first grade classroom with Chromebooks. So the technology has allowed me to do these kinds of things because not only are we getting lots of great like daily data from you know these programs that they use it allows me to have like little one-on-one conferences or like pull a group together and um while everyone else is still doing like very important work on their chromebook so definitely that and then i just try like i said the the environment in my classroom is is just very open i love like alternative seating there's no assigned seats we kind of just sit in little groups or you can sit by yourself and so i think all of those things help the classroom have this atmosphere of like openness and willing to share and being not afraid to fail mistakes are okay because that's how we learn So it sounds like formative is a lot of uh, both formal and informal observations. It might be curriculum embedded feedback. It might be adaptive feedback, but it it also includes your observations, items that you score. So it's all of those things. Yes. Yeah, for sure. All, All of those things. And knowing where each of my kids are day to day. I think formative assessment can come in the form of written response 
you know, being able to articulate. I myself am a very orally based learner. I learn from talking and discussing. I find that the more I talk about a topic, the more I understand it, the more I explain it to somebody else, the more I feel that deepening of my learning. And so I think giving students the ability to talk as a way of responding. For some students, it could be simply showing, being able to do a task, being able to produce a product, whether that product be visual whether that product be, again, written, whether that product be oral. I think there's lots of different ways to show what you are learning. So earlier we talked about extended challenges and why promoting deeper learning and um, getting broader feedback to students might require us rethinking learning experiences and things we call courses. So in my work with Austin ISD in an imaginative world, We think a lot about what barriers are put in place by having to have a rigidity that says, for first period, I do this course and I must cover these topics. And then I go to the next course and I cover these topics. I like to imagine a world in which a student has a framework of mastery that they are accomplishing and that it doesn't have to fit in a 50 minute period. It doesn't have to fit inside of one course but rather that if I am doing an art project and that art project shows that I have mastered concepts that are related to geometry or that I have showed that I've mastered concepts that are related to art, that I should get sort of the approval to move forward in my learning in both of those areas at the same time without them having to be in separate places. The idea of kind of stripping down the walls of coursework and really thinking more about authentic ways to engage with content. You know, if I can do a problem-based project that allows me to engage with content that is based in English and history and science, then I shouldn't be limited to then only getting the English credit of that because it's happening in my English course. I really believe that students should have credit where credit is due. Almost a continuum of learning, some checkpoints along the way. Once you've hit all your checkpoints, then you've become a lifelong learner. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, and today we're talking about formative assessment. Next, we asked what everyone wants from the initiative. Here's what Daniel from Tulsa and Rob and Elizabeth from Dallas have to say. You're here with a team from Tulsa. What what do you hope is better in Tulsa a year or two from now because of this initiative? Mm-hmm. So really, when we look at the next two years, we're hoping to build a cohort of teachers who have spent some time really grappling with this question about how do they get a really rich understanding of where their students are so that then they can really intentionally plan opportunities for students to understand where they are to reflect on that, get their feedback and continue to move forward so that then we have sort of bright spots of teachers who we can um, hold up as examples of what this practice looks like day to day, who can also begin to share with their colleagues and share with other leaders and so that we get we begin to grow those sorts of practices across more buildings in the district. As you uh, embark on this work, how what are your hopes for the next couple years, uh, if this was really successful, what, what would you see? Um, okay, I think I see it as the unpacking of what we always talk about in terms of student-centered instruction and of the ultimate goal of student assessment. But we would see this in every classroom, that it's not going to be happening in a classroom here or there. 
that you this this will impact teacher's practice because in order for teachers to be able to see students learning and be able to say how they know it, in order for students to self-regulate their own learning, it's going to change the way you teach. So really the vision would be that in two years we're going around, whether it's a school on the north side or the south side or a big school or a high school or an elementary school, that you'll see teacher practice changing where that is the guiding question are we learning and how do we know? Rob, what what would you see or hear that, that would be different and better a year or two from now that would give you evidence that this was really successful? You know, I think that one word that comes to mind, I think, is is excitement. One of the big goals of this initiative that we really hope to see is, you know, not only shift teacher practice, but shift teacher mindset and teacher development away from the traditional professional development model, sort of the give and get model, establish structures and systems that create hubs of innovation, schools in which teachers are excited to to go to and develop and professionally grow. And then on the, the other side is that, you know, you're creating the same systems and structures, hubs of innovation and schools where where students have inherent motivation and desire to learn and propel their their thinking forward. Next, we'll hear again from Nancy from West Ed, teacher Stephanie Peppers from Tulsa, and the added voice of Tracy Nahara from Education First. That's really, when we think about form assessment, the heart of what it is, what makes that heart beat is the change in students in terms of their ability to look closely at what they're doing, look accurately at what they're doing, and be working in a zone that's small enough for them to really think and learn about taking those next steps themselves. So it sounds like students can be active in formative assessment. They can assess their own work. They can provide peer assessment. They can begin to internalize a picture of what good looks like. Exactly. And the research on formative assessment is pretty clear that the way this changes student achievement is by the changing role in students. So in many models of this, we don't give teachers enough time to really learn the parts that are about changing what they do in order to model those practices for students. And in the How I Know project, one of the great things about this project is that we're really thinking about what sustained time looks like for teachers to learn this, because we do see that first you have to internalize and understand these practices yourself, and then you can model them and share them with students. So Stephanie, you're part of this How I Know initiative in Tulsa. Uh, What are your hopes for that? If if this works well, um, how will things get better in your classroom and in your school a year or two from now? I'm excited for, you know, the professional development and the the observations for me from my classroom so I can get better at what I do. But I also really would like to bring this to, you know, the people that are in the pilot and then the district, because I think there are so many teachers and students that get stressed out about the idea of assessments and tests and all these things. And I just... I really don't want them to be. <laughs> so I that's the thing that I am looking most forward to is like being able to share what I've learned and then like how we're going to, you know, go through this journey together and being able to get everybody on board with that so that it's not such a big stressful thing for everybody. So we're here working with educators from three public school districts. What are your hopes for each of those districts? What what do you hope is better a year from now as a result of this work? Well, I think that's a great question. I think that anytime you're trying to roll out something as significant as formative assessment, 
with teachers in a school building, I think that the first thing you need to do is just make sure that they believe it. They understand the why of it. You know, they really internalize that this is what we need to be doing to help our kids. And I think that a year from now, what I'd like to see is those pilot teachers in each of those districts. If you gave them a survey, if you pulled them together in a conversation, you know, they might know, not know exactly everything they need to know about formative assessment, but they are aware of its importance. They believe in its importance and they're committed to learning as much as they can and implementing it with their kids. And then also whatever they're able to learn and what they find valuable, that they're talking about it with their colleagues, you know, that they're serving as those ambassadors within their buildings to build a movement. Tom then spoke with Cheryl about why this initiative is so timely right now and how it complements other initiatives. I, you know, I think for lots of different for lots of different reasons. Uh, you know, first the first of which is as we're watching the economy change and thinking about how education needs to change in response, we're starting as a field to talk a lot more about making sure that we're graduating students who have a sense of ownership, who know how to learn and who know how to take responsibility for their um, for their actions, for their learning and for figuring and play an active role in figuring out what happens next. So as we see all of those sorts of skills become ever more important in the economy, I think it's a really logical time to be intentional about integrating that into the learning experience and frankly, giving students a place to learn how to do those things where it's still safe for them to fail. This initiative complements work around personalized learning models, including efforts around data interoperability. I absolutely think that formative assessment practice is critical to creating more personalized learning models for students. I also think that with the re- in terms of the reference to data interoperability, this is the practice-facing side right. of this, right? So I can imagine right. a classroom, for example, where teachers have... Uh, are able to take advantage of systems of data which are interoperable and tell them all of these wonderful things about students. And informative assessment practice gives you a way to bring that data into conversations with students in ways that help you decide what to do uh, later today and tomorrow. Formative assessment practice uh, can also help teachers create more personalized learning experiences inside of what still look like very traditional classrooms. In other words, I don't think that for that formative assessment practice only benefits more next generation type models, but I think they also help teachers create more personalization inside of of traditional models as well. So what does success look like? If this works really well, what will you see in in, uh, classrooms in Dallas and Austin and Tulsa? Specific to those three districts, we will see, we hope to see classrooms in which teachers and students are engaged in that regular process of understanding learning goals, gathering evidence, deciding, you know, co-creating success criteria, next steps, um, also uh, bringing peers into the conversation and setting up those relationships with students. Uh, What we will also hope to see over time is additional classrooms within these three districts starting to learn from their colleagues and incorporate their practices uh, beyond the pilot. And we're also really excited about the possibility that the lessons that these three districts are learning together can also help districts beyond the pilot think about how they can start start the journey, um, so to say, within their own districts. 
Thanks to all of the team members from the How I Know Project for speaking with Tom and Mary on this important topic. Stay tuned to our website and our social media for more on this project in the coming months. Be sure to check out the Getting Smart podcast on iTunes, and while you're there, subscribe and rate us. For more things on innovations and learning, check out our blog at gettingsmart.com. For the Getting Smart podcast, this is Caroline and Jessica signing off.